At first, there were only colours, then lines. Slowly through the haze of Stella's gaze, the room eventually took shape. The little girl realised she was lying in her own bed. Her bedroom was just one of countless in this vast country house. To her right side stood her wardrobe. On her left sat a tiny dressing table, framed by a tall window. Stella knew her bedroom as well as she knew her own face. Saxby Hall had always been her home, but somehow, at this moment, everything seemed strange. Outside, there was not a sound. The house had never been this quiet before. All was silent. From her bed, Stella turned her head to look out of the window. All was white. Thick snow had fallen. It had covered everything within sight. The long, sloping lawn, the huge, deep lake, and the empty fields beyond the estate. Icicles hung from the branches of trees. Everything was frozen. The sun was nowhere to be seen. The sky was as pale as clay. It seemed to be not quite night, not quite day. Was it early morning or late evening? The little girl had no idea. Stella felt as if she had been asleep forever. Was it days, months, years? Her mouth was as dry as a desert. Her body felt as heavy as stone, as still as a statue. For a moment, the little girl thought she might be asleep and dreaming. Dreaming she was awake in her bedroom. Stella had experienced that dream before, and it was frightening, because try as she might, she couldn't move. Was this the same nightmare again, or something more sinister? To test whether she was asleep and dreaming, the girl thought she would try to move. Starting at the far end of her body, first she tried to waggle her little toe. If she was awake and she thought about waggling her toe, it would just waggle. But try as she might, it wouldn't waggle, or wiggle, or even waggle. One by one, she tried to move each toe on her left foot, and then each toe on her right. One by one, they all point-blank refused to do anything. Feeling increasingly panicked, she tried to circle her ankles, before attempting to stretch her legs, then to bend her knees, and finally she concentrated as hard as she could on lifting her arms. All were impossible. It was as if she had been buried in sand from the neck down. Beyond her bedroom door, Stella heard a sound. The howl stated back centuries. It had been passed through many generations of the Saxby family. It was so old that everything creaked, and so vast that every noise echoed down the endless labyrinth of corridors. Sometimes the young Stella believed that the house was haunted, that a ghost stalked Saxby Hall in the dead of night. When she went to bed, the little girl was convinced she could hear someone or something moving about behind her wall. Sometimes she would even hear a voice calling to her. Terrified, she would dash into her mother and father's room and climb into bed with them. Her mother and father would hold Stella tight and tell her she was not to worry her pretty little head. 
All those strange noises were just the clatter of pipes and the creaking of floorboards. Stella was not so sure. Her eyes darted over to the huge oak-panelled door of her bedroom. At waist height, there was a keyhole, though she never locked the door and didn't even know where the key was. Most likely, it had been lost a hundred years ago by some great-great-great-grandparent, one of those Saxby lords or ladies whose paintings were hung every few paces along the corridors, captured forever unsmiling in oils. The keyhole flickered light to dark. The little girl thought she saw the white of an eyeball staring at her through the hole before quickly disappearing out of view. Mama, is that you?' she cried out. Hearing her own voice out loud, Stella knew this was no dream. On the other side of the door...